0: Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya-Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya-Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix welcome back to phoenix rising uh both of us here today that we're going to talk about a topic that seems to be getting brought up a lot um with our with our current clients with people that we just personally know and we thought it'd be a good idea to cover this in a little bit more long form here on the podcast and um you might even be able to guess what we're going to talk about just because it's become so popular nowadays and it's these new I, don't even, I know a lot of people are using them for weight loss now, but these injectables, like once a week shots, that uh, physici- physicians and doctors are now prescribing patients for weight loss, even though technically they're not for weight loss.
1: Yeah, I think technically they were developed to actually be diabetes drugs. The problem is, though, is the functionality of them and the, the mechanisms... I said that really weird. The mechanisms of these drugs, I almost find, I don't see a lot of great benefit for strictly diabetes either. And so, I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit when we get into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's causing a lot of problems though, because since everybody, physicians are now prescribing them for people that just need to lose weight, The people that actually need them these patients that are are actually pre-diabetic and diabetic are having troubles getting them because a there's a shortage and b we're running into issues where now insurance companies aren't going to cover them because you know they're now used for weight loss and they won't cover a weight loss drug so the people that actually need them can't get them or only get them paid for a certain amount of time so then when they actually run out They basically just stop taking them because a lot of people can't afford to take them because it's something like $1,400 a month out of pocket. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So we're running into problems with that too. However, I mean, I, I am not a doctor by any means, but the research that I have done on these drugs, I don't see... I don't see them being any more beneficial for somebody that's diabetic than for somebody who's not diabetic.
0: Well, let's talk about what it is that they do to why, why are physicians promoting this for weight loss? How is this drug supposed supposed to help people lose weight?
1: Well, so they're GLP-1 agonists, which means the GLP stands for glucogen-like producing proteins or protein peptides, peptide. Yeah. Glucogen-like peptide. There you go. Yeah. And so basically what they do is they, they, the peptide makes your body respond as if you had glucogen or glucose in your body, which kind of shuts down your ghrelin, your hunger hormone. Gotcha. So it takes away your, your, your appetite basically. Yeah.
0: So you have no cravings, you have no hunger. And now when we speak of cravings and hunger, those are two totally different things, but absolutely you have no desire to eat food. Right. In fact, I mean, I've heard just from word of mouth from people that are on these injectables. I mean, they're physically getting ill when they eat. Like they can no longer eat any amount of food, like they're physically are throwing
1: up and becoming nauseous. Um I I know a few people that are on them as well. They're not reporting that those kind of situations, but I know like the day after the shot, they have some brain fog they feel a little bit um lethargic they're not super hungry um so i mean ideally that's not i mean i don't feel like that's great <laughs>
0: no i mean yeah i mean i've i mean i have a co-worker that i work with that he had to take his wife to the emergency room because she was having such severe Stomach pain. I mean, they thought she had appendicitis. It was so terrible. And I mean, all the tests came back. What came back was her pancreas wasn't functioning correctly. And so she was now on medication to help her pancreas. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that the injectable is causing this, but she didn't have this issue before she got on
1: well injectable we are seeing that that is one of the reported side effects of these drugs and this is one of the the things that they they list in the warning paperwork that comes with these drugs is that they can cause issues with thyroid and pancreas and specifically cancer they can be cancer causing to some people but how do you know if you're that some person right you know what i mean so um i just overall i feel like the the cons far outweigh the pros for everybody whether they be diabetic patients or just people weight loss. weight loss yeah um I, I mean there are the benefit is weight loss that's it um now it it we say weight loss weight loss is
0: like we speak of totally different than fast loss fat loss i mean there's even now they have what's called ozympic face mm-hmm because people are losing extreme amounts of weight very quickly and they're aging almost overnight where they're Mm -hmm. losing so much not only body fat but muscle and water weight and all this that their their face i mean you look 10 years older within a three month time period and it's scary for people
1: yeah i mean there was a study done um and, and actually if you were to go to our blog page you can see these um, I've quoted some of these studies and you—they su- they are sourced in the blog post. So if you wanted to Google them, you can go read them for yourselves. Um, but much of the weight loss is coming from the loss of muscle, bone mass, and other lean body tissue rather than body fat. That was one study um, in there. It's in the first paragraph. So, you know, they talk about yeah, you're losing weight and you're losing it quickly, but you're not necessarily losing body fat. I'm sure you do lose some body fat inherently because once you get down to a certain, you know, once you've lost a certain amount of muscle mass and bone density and all of that, you're you're going to have to lose something. I mean, you're obviously going to lose water weight as well. Plus, you know, but when you think about this, like there are other side effects that they are not listing at least to my knowledge they are not listing on this label right i mean if you think about this and follow that i mean if you legitimately sit and think about this if you are taking this drug and you're losing bone density muscle mass the next thing that happens after that is osteopenia osteoporosis well and given the fact
0: that it's proven and you can look this up anywhere but if you do not have lean muscle tissue on your body you cannot fight off diseases so if for for instance, that you do, unfortunately, develop some kind of disease in the future, whether that be cancer or something else, if you don't have enough muscle on your body, you're less likely to succeed with beating that kind of disease. Like you need, muscle mass is so extremely important, not just for how you look, but your health in the future and how you
1: battle different issues. Yeah, I mean, so we're, there's a whole gamut of cons with this and, There should be, the problem with this drug is a lot of people are just giving it to their clients and saying, or their patients, clients, whatever, you'll lose a lot of weight with this. Which, if you are pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic, that could be great for you if you lose body fat, if you actually lose body fat, that could potentially be great for you. Because it could pull you out of that range of being pre-diabetic, it could completely reverse the pre-diabetic status or the type 2 diabetes status. The problem is, though, is they're just handing it to their client and saying, hey, you're going to lose all this weight. They're not telling them what they need to do. They're not telling them, hey, you need to make sure that you're getting sufficient protein. You need to be doing some sort of a resistance training regimen to maintain muscle, to maintain whatever muscle you have on your body. Because if you're losing weight that rapidly and you're dropping your calories, the chances of you gaining muscle are slim to none, in my opinion.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's proven if you're dropping more than 10% of your body weight in a week, so that's typically one to two pounds, depending on how big of a person you are, that's not body fat. The majority of that is going to be
1: muscle. Right. And so you're doing the resistance training and eating the protein strictly to maintain the muscle mass you have on your body Mm -hmm. and that's all you're doing is you're just trying to to maintain it because once you start to lose that you're gonna you're looking into the the mobility issues the osteopenia osteoporosis you're talking about immunity issues as you mentioned we're running into a whole gamut of issues here especially are the studies are showing that once people stop taking these drugs the weight rapidly is regained,
0: right? You're, you're not learning anything. You're not changing your lifestyle. You're simply just being
1: forced not to be hungry anymore. Well, and here's the thing basically is we're not fans of crash dieting. We're not fans of people that just stop eating for however long, you know, in order to lose fat. That's basically what this drug is doing. They're just making it easier on people because they're taking away the hunger part. It's another quick fix scheme that never lasts they are super, super excited about doing this because maybe they've crash dieted in the past or just completely, completely restricted and starved themselves. And that sucks. And it sucks because you're hungry and you know you're hungry. But with this drug, you don't know you're hungry. Yeah. And so then when they stop taking it, they just binge and it just comes back on. Sometimes even more so. Yeah. And we're seeing people that are like, well, I took this drug and... I lost weight and my blood pressure was good and my triglycerides were good and all these things were good. And then as soon as I stopped taking it, all those things come back. Well, why? Because you lost your body weight, your body was smaller, which makes your systems move more efficiently and work more efficiently. But then you stop taking this drug, the weight rapidly comes back on again. Those problems go back because you didn't fix the root cause of the problem. Right. Like this is one of the things we talk about all the time is you have to actually learn something, but they're even showing we have, I'm looking at the study right here, um, by the diabetes, obesity, metabolism journal. Is that the one that say that the drug is not a cure and does not prevent the metabolic adaptation that occurs during weight loss. Yeah, this is non-negotiable. I mean, this is going to happen no matter if you do it this correct way
0: or quick fix way. It's what our body's meant to do to keep us alive. And the quicker this happens, I mean, the, the lower and slower your metabolism is going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they have not found any, to my knowledge, they have not found any success with this drug without taking it long term.
0: Right. And then who knows of what the side effects are long term? Right. There's non, no studies yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're saying that Anytime you come off of it, even if you have, now if you have the, if you have actually worked with someone while you were taking it to get your lifestyle in order as far as nutrition, get a weightlifting resistance trade regimen in, you can probably thwart some of that. Mm-hmm. And ideally, that would be the ideal situation. You know, if somebody were going to use this drug, my in my opinion, the ideal person would be probably pre or type two diabetic, they would be mm, grossly obese, right? I mean, basically think knocking on death's door, right? They've tried everything already. They have already exhausted everything that they could do to no avail. And so the doctor says, okay, I'm going to give you this drug, but we're also going to maintain whatever you were on, whether that be metformin or maybe you're doing berberine in place of metformin, something like that to help manage all of those. And then they say, okay, this is your diet. This is what your diet needs to look like. And you also need to be lifting weights one to two times a week. At minimum. At minimum. And doing some sort of low intensity cardio, like just a a stationary bike, a bicycle, walking, something like that. And you need to have movement goals. You need to make sure you're sleeping. You need to be keeping stress low. They need to make sure that they have a checklist of all these lifestyle factors that need to be in place for this drug.
0: That never happens,
1: unfortunately. But that's what I'm saying, though. This would be the ideal situation. Yes, absolutely. They, They use this drug a very short time to get the first hundred or so pounds off of them. They come off of it knowing that there is going to be some rebound weight gain. Because we have heard that this drug needs to come with a black box warning. So come off the drug knowing there will be a little bit of weight regain and then we still have to keep checking all those boxes the nutrition the weights the sleep the stress all of it needs to be in order that would be the ideal situation because without those things yeah you might get thin but you're not going to be healthy and you're not gonna you're gonna get to that skinny pet that we talk about all the time that never
0: lasts because you no one can ever maintain for any long period of time eating that little with a metabolism that is that slow like you're going to go out with girlfriends and have brunch or have dinner a date night with your husband or anything and once you have a few of those back to back you're gonna notice the weight come on so quickly because your metabolism is so downwardly adapted that anytime you eat over a thousand calories, you're going to start packing on the weight and it's going to become extremely frustrating for you.
1: Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, all, I was kind of looking over the, the blog again that I have here and I, there's at least two or three times that these studies have mentioned that, you know, they're, so far that they have, all their studies have reinforced that the fact that you will need to maintain taking these drugs in order to keep the weight off. And that is not, this is what we talk about when we talk to our clients. We talk about sustainability. It is not sustainable to take these drugs long-term. Mm, absolutely not. Financially or health-wise. Yes. I, and what, I mean, you, you can't be getting great nutrition, especially if you're one of the people that this drug makes you sick. If this drug makes you sick, like, is it really worth it to be, like, you're trading one illness for another. Like, is it worth it to live that way?
0: And unfortunately, some people... I feel like, are saying yes. Because they want to lose weight so badly and they have been basically, in my opinion, tricked into thinking that this is the only way. So they're out there throwing up every day because this medicine is making them so sick, yet they see that scale dropping and they're so happy about that that they feel like it's worth it.
1: And that's sad. In my opinion, that is is the like that's the perfect illustration of what is wrong with our society that we would rather be sick and unhealthy than feel good and have a good quality of life
0: hey guys i just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening and if you're enjoying this show please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on ig or facebook and tag me on ig at kaylee montoya fitness or on facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston, so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals.
1: I agree. Like, just to look good. Like, we're willing to feel like shit every day just to look good. It's extremely sad. It's really sad. But that is what people are doing they're like well my doctor says i have to take this so i have to deal with being sick no there are other things to do have you exhausted everything i can think of one person off the top of my head that in my opinion i mean probably yes needs to lose weight but i wouldn't say that this person is um i would say that if they are pre-diabetic it's, they could probably change it easily with lifestyle interventions. The problem is, is from what I have seen of this person, they are not, they're not watching their diet. They don't want to put in the effort to track. They don't want to put in the effort to modify. I'm not saying you need to eat chicken and broccoli every day, but I'm saying you need to make sure that you're eating at least 80% of your diet is healthy, healthier whole foods and then, yeah, the other 20% is whatever. Enjoy some pizza. Do whatever. Right. But I, I like where you're going with
0: this. And my bad for uh, for interrupting you here. But I think this is a good time to uh, step away from all the negativity of how we feel about this weight loss drug. And the people that are still listening, give them some applicable takeaways of like how what we would suggest that are very doable instead of taking these weight loss because you already started hitting nail on the head there
1: yeah i mean that's kind of where i'm going with this is this person that i'm seeing that's on this drug this drug's making them sick they literally can't eat in order to get good amounts of protein and they have to drink it and it's still not even working but i've watched this person and they're not checking the boxes they don't go out and exercise they don't lift weights if they do anything they maybe walk a little but they just don't they don't want to they don't like to and they're definitely not eating the way they need to be because they're you know quote unquote foodie and they enjoy those things i mean you cannot expect this drug to do the work for you like at some point we as humans need to be responsible and accountable to ourselves obesity was not always a an issue for our society as a matter of fact people that were obese were rich the the middle class people the poor people there wasn't a obesity wasn't a problem for them No, I mean, you see this
0: thing circulating around that. I mean, in those traveling circuses, there was the obese man because it was so rare. No one saw anybody that was overweight. And that picture of that gentleman on that photo, I'm sorry, but if you look around today... He's not obese. He's average. He's average. And that's, that's a scary thought that in what? Less than 100, 200 years? Probably 100 years. It's changed. And I don't know the exact stats on that, but it's changed very quickly and that's extremely
1: scary so this obesity dare i say epidemic that we're Mm. experiencing i mean the the medical societies are trying to get it classified as a disease so that insurance companies will pay for drugs like this yep so we're just making it easier for people to just not do the work but that's getting healthy i'm sorry losing weight because of taking a drug is not making you healthy it's making you smaller but not necessarily making you healthy right So to go back then to what I kind of got off on a tangent there, but to get back to what we were saying about actionable items, there are plenty of things you need to do first. And the first thing I would say is if you are willing to take this drug and your insurance is only going to pay three months, first of all, if you're not willing to pay out of pocket for it beyond that, you might as well not do it because it's not going to do you any good. It's going to get you three good months, and then after that you're probably screwed. I yeah. mean, unless you're willing to really buckle down. But many people that are going this route are not willing to do that. Yeah. So if you were willing to pay out of pocket for this drug, the first thing I would say is maybe you should pay for a coach to mm-hmm. take you on a process for, I would say, a solid year. If I'm I, in my opinion, if you are obese enough to warrant getting this drug, you probably need a full year if not longer with a coach absolutely because you have to take things slow because i can tell you that i don't know about other coaches but i know what we pay for for my coach i know what we've paid for for your coach and i know what we charge and a monthly fee from any of the coaches that we're familiar with their pricing is a fraction of the cost of this drug so you would still save money in your pocket plus you'd have the coach so theoretically you could pay a coach put the extra that you're saving from what this drug costs in a savings account and then if you really have to go this route then you have some money saved up to do it Mm -hmm. but in my opinion the first thing you need to do is you need to get your lifestyle in check and when I say your lifestyle in check I'm not talking any sort of disparaging way to you I'm just saying like we need to make sure we're checking all the boxes all the things that Kaylee and I talk about on a regular basis we need to check all those boxes a healthy adult needs to be getting anywhere between seven and nine hours of quality sleep every night. I mean, that's just the fact. You need the sleep. You need it for your metabolism. You need it for your immunity. You need it for your stress relief. You need it for digestion. You need it for all of your processes. To be healthy, you generally need seven to nine hours for sleep at night. This is a non-negotiable. This is one of
0: the first places we touch on is helping people get quality sleep.
1: It is. And... There are some people out there. Now, if you're one of those people that just can't sleep for seven to nine hours or you try, but you just always get bad sleep, there are people out there that do struggle with sleep. And sometimes if you're one of those people, then maybe, yes, maybe seven to nine hours of quality sleep isn't for you, but you need to be trying to optimize the sleep you are getting. Right. Because I have a client that struggles with sleep and due to other factors that she is working on. It's not like she's just sitting and like, well, this is it she's working on them right but right now we just need to optimize what she can get yeah so sleep non-negotiable um stress uh we live in a world of stress like it's just today's society is super stressful even if you don't feel stressed your body's probably stressed Um, we're not meant to sit at desks in front of computers for eight hours a day absolutely not and chances are most of you do and so that is a stress on your body even if it doesn't feel that way Um, work life kids spouse finances all stresses all stresses when you add in any kind of diet any kind of exercise those are stresses they may not be negative stresses they're still stresses this is when we talk about the allostatic load it is the total amount of stress on your body both positive and negative those all have to be accounted for because your body while it is super super smart cannot differentiate between well, Kaylee and I used the, the dramatic example of whether you're being chased by a lion or whether you just haven't eaten for 24 hours. Right. Your body doesn't Still know the stress. difference. It's yeah. just stress. Stress is stress to your body, positive or negative. So stress is also, I've in my opinion, another non-negotiable. You have to refill that bucket.
0: You can't just keep pouring out of it.
1: Yeah. And, and this is one of those things where a lot of you are probably out there like, I can't eliminate stress. I'm not saying eliminate it. I'm saying manage it
0: manage it yes you
1: you need to be working on coping skills you need to be working on maybe letting go of some things maybe working on doing some emotional regulation stuff there are ways to manage your stress to where if you're coping well and your emotional state is well then any of these little minor inconveniences you know you get cut off in traffic will roll off of you instead of you being completely enraged for the rest of the day and just ruining your your day absolutely um so the other thing then we've covered sleep we've covered stress then the other thing i would say would be definitely watching nutrition of course we want to try to get at least 80 percent of our diet coming from whole nutritious foods so we're
0: thinking if you eat out five times a week simply cut back to one or two times a week so we're not asking you to do anything crazy or special and like julie said switch to bro meals where you're just eating chicken broccoli and rice that's not sustainable for 99 percent of the population but simply cut back eating out cook your meals from home and that right there will get you going
1: yeah i mean there there's absolutely no reason in my mind where anybody should have to eat chicken broccoli and rice for every meal every day of their life it's not sustainable and then you hate your life like who What is the point of doing any of this if you hate your fucking life? Yep. like there's not. So we are by all means not preaching anything like that. Kaylee and I don't eat like that. We don't expect any of you to eat like that. So there's that. The other thing is, is you definitely need to be making sure that you are getting movement in. Everybody says 10,000 steps, but your body doesn't know if you're walking 10,000 fucking steps. That has become a myth. Believe it or not, it's become a thing, but it's actually a myth. If you walk 4,000 steps a day on average, bump it up to seven. Like people say 10,000 steps, but it's almost like they say 10,000 steps because it's that almost for a lot of people, myself included, that is an unattainable, unrealistic goal to do that daily. So, but it's kind of one of those things where it sets the benchmark high to where it keeps pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to keep your steps up. But a lot of people don't get there. So my thing is, is not if you can get 10,000, great. But if you can't, Take your average and add 500 to it every week. Like, if you get 4,000, then try to get 4,500. Once you're hitting 4,500 regularly, then get 5,000. Like, you just keep pushing up like that because ultimately just more movement is better than anything. Because a lot of you, if I say 10,000, you're going to shut down instantly and you're just going to stop because you're going to have that fuck it all or nothing mentality. And you can't do that. That's not good for you. So there are a lot of people, especially like me, who works a desk job 9 to 5, that's not realistic for me. And that doesn't mean that I'm an unhealthy person because I only get 6,000 steps a day. And that doesn't mean like, cause then at some point I have to choose, okay, well I can do all these steps, but then that means I can't lift weights and I have to probably go to bed later. So I'm gonna, my sleep's gonna cut out some, like you have to make it work for you. 10,000 steps isn't realistic for a lot of people. Just increasing your average. Yeah. And then, of course, you definitely need to make sure that you are doing at least two days of resistance training. If you're not resistance training at all, then it's the same way with the steps. Start off with a day, and yeah. once you get a day repeatedly, then add in another day. And just keep slow, slowly increasing like that.
0: Absolutely. I think those are great places to start. I think people tend to overwhelm themselves with thinking they need to do absolutely everything. And they add way too much to their plate that they can only do for like three days, and then people fall off. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets frustrating, and that's when we reach for these quick fixes. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah.
1: It's kind of a sad state, though, right now, and everybody sees this weight loss drug, and everybody's like, why don't you just go get on this drug? It's just not.
0: Yeah. Definitely do your due and do your own research, of course. Don't just take our word for it. We're not the end-all be-all here. We're just literally giving our own opinion and our own thoughts with the people that we have physically seen in person their reactions and kind of our thought of our own research so definitely don't be afraid to do your own for sure yep all right guys well you guys take care and we'll see you next week thank you for joining us for this episode of phoenix rising for more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals follow me on ig or facebook or you can head over to kaylee to apply for a free coaching call today If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.